Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another episode of the Clovis Culture Podcast. If you've been following Clovis for any length of time, you know that each and every week I do a Facebook Live episode, usually called AMAs, or Ask Me Anything episodes. I am very proud to say that I have recorded about 112 AMA episodes, and they have been tremendously popular, far more popular than I ever could have imagined when I sat down to record the very first AMA Facebook Live. I am also extremely proud of the fact that Clovis is growing very quickly. This means that my membership section is growing. It means that my coaching calls are being booked far more regularly. It means that far more people are buying custom nutrition plans. It also means that there are a lot more demands for my time. And I have to say that in the last two and a half years of working with over 2,000 clients at this point, it has become abundantly clear to me that the more people invest in themselves, the better their results are, period, across the board. I've found no exceptions to this. For that reason, while I will always continue to bring you free content, free information by way of the podcast and my YouTube channel and my Facebook page and my Instagram, I do want to make it a point to provide as much value as possible to my paid I Am Clovis members and to devote as much of my time as possible to those paid I Am Clovis members who have made the decision to invest in themselves, to invest in their health, to invest in their future. I've also realized that some of my clients have been with me for over two years now. We lovingly refer to them as Clovis OGs. And the level of knowledge that they have of overall health, wellness, metabolic health, fitness, all of these things is really, really different than those people just coming into Clovis and listening to their first podcast or getting a custom nutrition plan for the first time. The gap in knowledge from the newbies to the Clovis OGs has grown to just a substantial gap. And that means that I need to target information to those individuals differently. They're coming to me for different information. So for me to just do the one Facebook Live each week and talk to the entire audience no longer makes a ton of sense. So for that reason, these weekly Facebook Live episodes every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash the Clovis Culture will be called Clovis Classroom. And I will be basically going back to basics. I'll be reviewing all of the fundamentals, the core principles that make Clovis Clovis, that make Clovis so different from every other nutrition, health, and wellness protocol out there and what makes it so special. I'll be digging into the basics of fat loss, the basics of leaky gut, the basics of inflammation, common issues like depression and anxiety. We'll dig into fitness myths. I will be covering a lot of the foundational information that you need to live a life of optimal health and wellness, happiness, and fulfillment. If you're a newbie, you're going to get a ton out of these episodes. If you're a Clovis OG, they're going to be great refresher courses for you. So again, these Clovis Classroom episodes will happen every Wednesday night at facebook.com slash the Clovis Culture. They will be released as a audio podcast every Thursday. And the Ask Me Anything episodes will now be happening inside the private Facebook group for my I Am Clovis paid members. This will be every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Central. I will go live with the entire group of paid I Am Clovis members, and I will answer questions directly from those people. I will also be taking live calls. I'll be speaking to people directly on the phone, and all of the different members will get to see me interact 
with their fellow members answering questions on the spot about everything from health and nutrition and fitness to finance and career and spirituality and everything in between. These calls are just ridiculously valuable. They are packed full of information and they are included in your membership when you sign up for a membership at IamClovis.com slash join. IamClovis.com slash J-O-I-N. Just visit that link and I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which includes access to everything in the I Am Clovis membership portal. Everything from my favorite podcasts, my favorite reading list, to the Clovis Approved Foods list, to fitness videos and tutorials from yours truly, educational videos from yours truly. You also get an automatic 10% discount on everything in the Clovis store, and you also get exclusive discounts with 30 plus brands that I have developed partnerships with. Everything from blue blocker glasses to kettlebells to wine and everything in between. It's just fantastic discounts that you only get as an I Am Clovis member. You also get access to the I Am Clovis Ambassador Program, which allows you to earn commissions when you get your friends to sign up for custom nutrition plans or I Am Clovis memberships and much, much more. This membership platform is just a treasure trove of information. And again, you get access to the private I Am Clovis Facebook group, which is where the weekly group coaching Ask Me Anything calls will take place. And again, if you visit the link, IamClovis.com slash join, you can get all of this full access for free for a full seven days to see what it's all about, to see if it's right for you. And then the membership will just continue at $27 per month after that. Just visit IamClovis.com slash join. I hope to see you there, and I hope to see you on the next group coaching call. Until then, enjoy Clovis Classroom. What's up, everybody? It's Justin. Welcome to the Clovis Classroom. Episode number two, technically. Two? Three? I don't know, but we call this Clovis Classroom now. I'm very confused. <laughs> By the way, we're still on social distancing, Bunch of crazy news today. Stock market went to shit again. California's talking about extending this thing out three months and closing down the fall semester for colleges and universities. What are we doing, everybody? I was lifting weights today. I did a badass leg workout. It's actually quite difficult to stand here right now because I murdered my legs today. But I was sitting there lifting weights and I was like, ooh, I gotta go live tonight. I should probably shave. And then I was like, nah, social distancing. Fuck it. I'm going to go full-blown Tom Hanks castaway. <laughs> I'm keeping this for a while. Let's make sure the live video's going. Uh, here we go. Refresh. How's everybody doing? It says live. I love when technology just works. It works so much better on the phone. I'm convinced that Facebook is trying to make desktop things as difficult as possible just so we will all move to our smaller iPads and mobile devices. I don't know why they insist on us doing that, because um, I'm a desktop guy all day. I love desktops way more than phones, always have, probably always will. Um, but Facebook stuff just doesn't work well on them, as we found out in last night's coaching call, which was group coaching call number two inside the I Am Clovis members group. But anyway, here we are. Doing Clovis Classroom. Stephanie, you're actually here. What's up? How are you? Mike, happy hum day, brother. What's up, Jackie? What's up, other people? Let's see. Who's watching? Show me. Oh, it doesn't show me. No, never does. That's irritating. Uh, but anyway, there's a whole bunch of you here. Thanks for watching, everybody. 
Tonight, we're going to be talking all about carbohydrates, the dreaded evil carbohydrates that nobody eats anymore because people on the internet told you not to. <laughs> like so many other things. First things first, click the like button. I'm going to click the love button on my own video like 10 times. Tick, 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 love button, care button. They should, why did they not just call it the hug button? It looks like a hug. You should have called it a hug button. Let's share this. Um, I'm actually going to share this in the Clovis Academy. That way... People will will see this and stuff. That's cool. I, I would never think of that. I never think to share it in the in the group. We'll share it in the Clovis Academy, which is a free group you can join. Facebook.com slash groups slash Clovis Academy. I'm gonna share this on my timeline. You can do that on your own as well. Click the share button and share it on your timeline. Let's see there. Share. Boom. Share, 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 share. This is public. Tag your friends, get your friends to watch this. Carbohydrates is a big topic and I'm really excited to cover it um, because as you guys know, I have taught you all about carbohydrates not being essential to human survival and they aren't and I stand by that 100%. That's just absolutely true. It is what it is, right? That said, it can be really difficult to maintain a zero carb diet for the rest of your life. So tonight we're going to talk all about carbohydrates and specifically I want to remind you all that carbohydrates are not evil. That is the name of tonight's episode, and I want you to remember this. Carbohydrates are not evil. I feel like the last literally 12 months of social media in the land of health and wellness has been separated basically into three camps. And those three camps are really... I mean, there's branches of each camp, but if we could put them in three major categories, it would be like vegan, keto, and carnivore. Those are like the three dominating camps in health and wellness right now. But the thing is, if you were to take vegan, keto, carnivore, you can really break those into two categories. There's high carb, vegan, and then there's virtually zero carb, keto, and carnivore, right? Now, the explosion in the popularity of the carnivore diet is really what has been the primary driver of this. People just straight up thinking that carbohydrates are evil. And to be clear, I'm a big fan of the carnivore diet. I had Dr. Paul Saladino on my podcast before most people knew who the hell Paul Saladino was and assuredly long before he was a best-selling author and this podcast rock star, right? Which has been fantastic. I'm super happy for him. He's doing great. Um, but yeah, we've been talking about this carnivore thing for a long time. And myself, I personally eat very close to a carnivore diet right now. I'm literally probably 95% carnivore and have been that way for like almost a year, literally. And now I'm kind of transitioning out of that in very subtle, gentle ways, and I'll talk, talk more about that in this episode. But I want you all to remember that I consider the carnivore diet a therapeutic modality, which is the same way I feel about the ketogenic diet in a strict way. I don't think of these things as su sustainable, optimal options long-term. I think of them as temporary therapeutic modalities, right? Now, the issue is, What's happening here is what always happens in the world of nutrition, what always happens in the world of fitness, what always happens in the world of politics, what always happens in the world of religion, and every other topic that human beings in 2020 are just somehow too immature to handle in any meaningful way. But I digress. Everybody wants black and white blanket statements where more means good, therefore the most must mean the best, or if less means good, then absolute zero must mean the best. And what I mean by that in nutrition is this idea that if a low-carb diet is good, then zero carbs must be the best. And if more fat and protein are good, then carnivore diet must be the best. And if plants are beneficial for our health, 
then the vegan diet must be the best, right? I don't agree with any of these statements at all. It's lazy thinking in my opinion. Straight up, I think it's lazy thinking. Blanket statements are easy because there's no nuance involved, right? It's far easier to argue extreme points than it is to argue well thought out nuanced opinions. That's just the way it goes in anything. So tonight I will try to make the case for carbohydrates and at the very least I will explain why they are not evil, okay? So I'm not necessarily gonna say you need to eat a ton of carbohydrates, I'm never gonna tell you that. But I also am going to explain to you that it is not evil, okay? So let's talk about the most important factor for body composition. Now, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, everybody. Just my opinion, but you guys keep tuning in every week to hear my opinion, so maybe you'll find this beneficial, right? I believe the protein to energy ratio is the most important factor for body fat loss, okay? Hey, shut the fuck up about my hair, everybody. For the love of God, pay attention. I just, yes, my hair's long. I'm totally aware. Every video we do, my hair's long. We're still social distancing. It's been six weeks. It will likely be eight weeks. I don't know. We're talking body composition, all right? So what we're gonna talk about is the protein to energy ratio. I think that the protein to energy ratio is hands down the number one thing to think about when we're talking about body composition, okay? Body fat loss. This is the most important factor for body fat loss. If you want to lose body fat, you need to get this under control, the protein to energy ratio. So let's review. There are three macronutrients, right? We know this. If you've, assumed, if you've consumed Clovis content, then you know that there are three mac macronutrients, protein, fat, and dietary carbohydrates. Now, in Clovis, I teach you to think about net carbohydrates, so we could say that fiber is kind of its own thing, but we're gonna focus on the three primary micro macronutrients. That's fat, protein, and carbohydrates. But if we look at this from the protein to energy ratio standpoint, then there's really only two major macronutrient groups. Now, number one is protein. Protein is really kind of its own thing. Because protein has the highest thermic effect of food, protein is the most satiating macronutrient, and on top of that, protein can't really be stored as body fat. You could swoop in with biochemistry and say, well, amino acids can be converted into glucose, and then glucose can be stored with triglycerides and fatty acids. <laughs> protein, generally speaking, is not stored as body fat. Doesn't work that way, okay? So that would be macronutrient number one, really. And then number two, would be energy. So when we think about energy, energy is both fat and carbohydrates, okay? So this is like its own situation here. These are things, fat and carbs. These macros can either be burned for energy or they can be stored as body fat, okay? So that's how these things really work. Like granted, glucose, carbohydrates can be stored as muscle glycogen, but these are two macronutrients that can be stored as body fat. That's what makes them much different from protein. This is the idea of protein and energy, the protein to energy ratio. This is the number one factor in body composition, in fat loss, okay? So what I wanna go over tonight, this is one of the most popular pieces of content I've ever made, and it's called the fat loss gas tank. 
So if you're a Clovis OG, I did the Back to Basics Fat Loss Program uh, 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 podcast episode way back in the day. You guys will probably remember this. So we're going to re review it again tonight. And that's what I want to use a lot of these Clovis classroom settings to do is review a lot of these basics, bring you back to basics, make sure that the newbies are up to speed on fat loss and make sure that all the Clovis OGs have refreshers for the things they might've forgotten over time. Because let's face it, there was what, 112, 113 AMAs or something like that. Now we have two Clovis classrooms. I'm making content all the time. There's podcasts, guest interviews, all these things. I totally understand that you guys don't always remember these things off the top of your head. So let's dig in to the fat loss gas tank and we're gonna explain this thing further. So, picture this in your head, everybody, okay? Pretty, you got it? Are we concentrating? Are we focusing on the protein to energy ratio? Or are we pro focusing on Tom Hanks, Justin, and Castaway? I would take off my shirt, but I'm not gonna be as skinny as that dude. I'll be much bigger than Tom Hanks and Castaway. <laughs> All right, so let's dig in. Protein to energy ratio. Now we'll go into the fat loss gas tank. This is how fat loss works in your body. Your body has an energy gas tank. This is the way to think about it, okay? This is your gas tank. Now, generally speaking, with a gas tank, we have empty and we have full. F for full. This is your energy gas tank, the energy in your body. Now, what's really happening here that people don't realize is this is two different gas tanks. So if we split this down the middle, I'm gonna put a double bar here, and then we're gonna do this. Full, empty. So now we have two tanks stacked on top of each other. Empty, full, empty, full. What are these? This is the energy that you burn. We're gonna call this dietary energy. This is body fat, okay? So this is your body fat gas tank. This is a body fat gas tank. Now the issue is this is all dietary. As long as this dietary gas tank is full, you can't burn stored body fat. That's literally how it works. As long as there's too much energy in your system, dietary energy, as long as there's too much dietary energy, you cannot burn stored body fat. It is actually impossible, okay? But here's the problem. Most people, standard American diet, eat way too many carbohydrates and are constantly keeping this tank full with carbs, okay? So this energy gas tank is just completely full of carbs. So all throughout the day, you might be burning this a little bit, and then it's here, and then you get, feel a uh, crash in your blood sugar, so you eat some fucking candy, and all of a sudden you fill the gas tank again, and you do bing, 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 and you do all this sugar crashes, sugar spikes all day, blah, 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 right? Now, what happens when we first get you to enter into a state of ketosis, we're, ex we're, we're depleting the glycogen in your body. That's stored glucose. Stored carbohydrates in your body are stored as glycogen, right? So once the first time you deplete that glycogen, what happens is you hit here and the body thinks it has no energy and it starts freaking out. It's going, oh no, we're breaking down. The car's gonna crash. This is ridiculous. We have no energy. And you feel like diggity dog shit for a while, right? And people call this the keto flu. They call it the sugar detox, all these different things. But the reason I have two lines here is because I call this little area right here, the detox. Now, if you can just get through the detox and electrolytes help that be much more pleasant, much more bearable. Once you break through the detox, then you can start burning your own stored body fat. This is how the fat loss gas tank works. You first need to deplete the dietary energy 
before you can ever start burning your stored energy of adipose tissue body fat. You have to deplete the dietary energy first. This is why the protein to energy ratio is so important because you could eat a whole bunch of protein and technically not be topping off this energy gas tank and allow your body to burn body fat. This is why something like a protein sparing modified fast is astronomically powerful for fat loss. If you were to just eat like, let's say 800 calories of protein, which is like 200 grams of protein, if you just ate like 200 grams of lean chicken breast a day and drank water and nothing else for five days, you're going to lose a lot of body fat. That's just the way it's going to go, right? So the thing I want you to think about is we have these two gas tanks, right? We know that you need to burn through stored energy, and we know that I talk an awful lot about carbohydrates. The reason I talk an awful lot about carbohydrates is because everybody eats a shitload of carbohydrates, and they're constantly tap, topping off this full-body gas tank with carbs, 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 carbs. But here's the thing. The same thing is true of fat, okay? So if we just take this word and replace it with fat, you run into the same issue, right? So if you're taking a ton of dietary fats, you're still filling this gas tank. And then even if you're eating zero carbs as you burn energy through the day, this fat gas tank might go down, down, down. Now your fat level's here. And then you eat a big ribeye steak, which is a bunch of protein and a bunch of fat. And then the fat content goes up and you tap off, you top off this energy gas tank yet again. It's the same way I told you exogenous ketones don't help you burn body fat. Exogenous ketones fill up the energy gas tank. Then you got to burn off the exogenous ketones before you can tap into your internal body fat anyway. The idea of burning your own body fat is called endogenous ketosis, right? exogenous ketones, taking in exogenous ketones from a supplement or something, doesn't burn body fat, just has you burn the, the ketones that you ingested. It's kind of silly, right? So I need you to understand that the fat loss gas tank works even with carbohydrates in the diet. So let's say we just keep the energy level here, right? Let's say we keep your energy level here. It doesn't matter if all of this is fat or carbs, okay? It doesn't matter, right? Because what's happening is you're taking in just enough energy for like a meal, you get a blood sugar spike, we'll talk about that in a second, and then it's the in-between meal times, in-between the fed state, if you get dip into a fasted state, if you put four or five hours in between your meals, this energy is going to be depleted just from your normal things that you do every day, walking around, jogging, working, whatever you might be doing, right? You, you can burn through this amount of energy very quickly. You can't burn through this amount of energy very quickly, okay? So it's fat and carbs. They both top off this top gas tank. It is simply that easy. It is a matter of energy intake. That's it. The fat loss gas tank is very, very simple. It doesn't matter if, if you keep your energy levels here, it doesn't matter if that energy is 100% carbs and very little fat. It doesn't matter. It's still a matter of overall energy intake. You can burn through this energy very quickly, enter into burning body fat, either through fasting or placing an energy demand on the body that requires it, okay? It's really that simple. So just like carbs, if you top off the tank with fat, you're taking in simply too much energy. So understand, added fuel always needs to be burned before body fat can be burned. Whether the added fuel is fat or carbs is somewhat irrelevant. It's all a matter of energy intake, okay? So you can actually choose to eat 
far less fat to make room for dietary carbohydrates and you can still achieve your fat loss goals as long as you're not going out of control with 300 grams of carbs a day. But let's face it, virtually every single bodybuilder you've ever seen eats a ton of carbohydrates, right? So yes, we know it is entirely possible to get absolutely shredded while eating a lot of carbohydrates. Eating carbs, interestingly enough, can also be an ideal choice for aesthetic physique goals because you can store more muscle glycogen, well, you will store more muscle glycogen, and as a result, you will actually store more water and your muscles will appear larger and more full looking. For instance, I've been like 95% carnivore for like close to a year now, right? And I've lifted weights and I've trained the entire time. So if I were to just take a random day, let's say like this Sunday, I decide to eat 600 grams of carbohydrates, which is literally, I mean, 10 times the amount of carbohydrates I've eaten in a single day in over a year, right? If I just 10X my daily carbohydrate intake on Sunday, it's very likely that Monday morning, I would wake up very happy with how I look. All of my muscles would look super full because I'm at a low body fat percentage. I would look super shredded, right? But don't misunderstand me. I have a ton of problems with the way most bodybuilders eat, okay? So I'm just trying to illustrate this point here. I'm trying not to be dogmatic and just be the no carb guy, no carb, no carb. I want you to understand how carbs can actually work in this whole fat loss equation, absolutely. So if I had it my way, I'm gonna talk to you about when a high carb diet works best. So in my opinion, a high carbohydrate diet is most effective for fat loss. Again, we're talking about fat loss and body composition here. That's the goal of this episode, to teach you how carbs can work for fat loss and why they're not evil. They're not just gonna make you fat if you eat 10 grams of them, right? So a high carb diet is most effective when combined with time-restricted feeding or some form of intermittent fasting. Now to drive this point home, teach you a little bit of biochemistry, and we're gonna review what happens in the body in a fed state versus a fasted state. So we're gonna dig back into the whiteboard, okay? This will be pretty quick. I know it's a little bit nerdy, and then we're just gonna talk overall theory on all this stuff and what, what this means for you, okay? But what I wanna talk about here is if we do this, we'll say this is blood glucose, okay? That's blood glucose. And then we're gonna say this is a fasted state, and this is a fed state, okay? So we have fed, we have fasted, we have blood glucose levels. So let's say we're talking about meal, meal times, right? So we're saying, okay, uh, we'll do this. And we'll say this is the course of like a day and you're eating two meals a day, okay? So this is, this is two big meals that you're eating in a day. So when your blood glucose levels go up, your insulin also goes up. So insulin goes up with blood glucose and all of a sudden you're storing, right? You're storing glucose in fat cells and muscle cells. Insulin is the major storage hormone. In a fed state, you are storing energy. Any excess energy that you can't burn gets stored. So any energy you're taking in beyond the energy demands of your body is getting stored. Now, in the fed state, this blood glucose drops, insulin levels drop significantly, so insulin now goes down, and something that goes up in this fasted state is glucagon, and I'm gonna put LL. You guys don't give a shit about this. I know you don't, right? So <laughs> the fasted state happens, and blood glucose and insulin levels drop, glucagon, which is responsible for burning stored glycogen for fuel, goes up, and something called lipoprotein lipase, which breaks down triglycerides into fatty acids and burns fat, okay? So nice and simple, nerdy terminology out of the way. When you're in a fed state, blood glucose and insulin go up. Energy storage is happening. When you're in a fasted state, 
glucagon and lipoprotein lipase go up and you're now in a catabolic state where you're breaking things down for energy. That's what happens in a fasted state, okay? Now the fasted state is extremely powerful. Lots of beneficial things happen there like endogenous ketosis, burning your own body fat, the body burning its own fat. Also at longer times in a fasted state, you end up with autophagy, you end up with apoptosis, right? Now, the fasted state is so powerful that guys like, like Dr. Jason Fung have pointed out that you can get tremendous results in obese humans and type two diabetics while letting them eat basically whatever the hell they want. Now, his approach for this, he doesn't think that this is optimal, but he understands that most people don't want to change their diet. They really don't. Most people that are like addicted to a standard American diet to the point where they have type two diabetes, they really are not good at complying with lifestyle changes. So I don't recommend this, but he lets these people eat whatever the hell they want, and then they're forced to comply with these quite challenging fasting protocols that they'd prefer to deal with rather than give up their favorite junk food, which is crazy to me. But he has these people do like crazy things, like every other day is a 24 hour fast, or they're doing consistent 16 hour daily fast plus one 24 hour fast one day per week, or occasional even lengthier 72 hour fast once per month, or five day fasts once every three months or something like that. But Basically, the shittier the diet is, the more standard American junk food you're eating, the more you will have to fast to get your insulin and blood, to get your insulin and blood glucose levels under control. If you have a terrible diet, you're gonna have to fast a lot to make this happen, okay? But, in my opinion, it's much, much easier to just eat some semblance of a sane, species-appropriate diet virtually 100% of the time. That said, the fact remains that simply managing blood glucose and insulin levels is a giant piece of the fat loss puzzle. It really is, okay? So this is all, again, we're talking about energy, intake of energy, burning of energy. Now, part of the reason the keto and carnivore diets are so impactful is because they actually mimic fasting and caloric restriction in individuals. This is insanely powerful. You are very satiated, eating plenty of food and still mimicking caloric restriction and fasting. That's crazy, right? especially in overweight and obese individuals, the blood sugar and insulin levels are basically flatlined. If you remember when I wore that continuous blood glucose monitor, I ate carnivore, these spikes never happened. When I ate carnivore, my blood glucose was like this, literally flatlined, like never any spikes, it was ridiculous, right? So blood sugar and insulin are basically flatlined, my body's like behaving like it's in a fasted state. So certain mechanisms that usually only happen while the body is in a fasted state can occur in a fed state of keto or carnivore particularly in the hours between meals, like this little U-curve right here, right? The hours in between meals are very beneficial on a keto or carnivore diet. That's just the facts. Now, that doesn't mean a high-carb diet can't work when it comes to fat loss and body composition. It absolutely can. You just need to make sure that you're choosing the right carbohydrates so that these spikes don't look like this, right? You don't want these spikes to be like this, and you certainly don't want these spikes to be like this, where the glycemic load is huge and your blood sugar is staying spiked for a very long time. That's very, very, very bad. That's like diabetes waiting to happen and insulin resistance waiting to happen, right? So you need to make sure you're choosing the right carbohydrates so these giant blood sugar excursions don't happen, that these are controlled. If you're using like Clovis complex carbohydrates in the approved foods list, your blood sugar and insulin is gonna be just fine. It just is, right? So that's the thing. Now, the thing to remember with the carnivore diet, if we talk about the carnivore diet, this is most impactful for people that are suffering from autoimmune conditions or significant metabolic dysfunction already, okay? 
So people that are really suffering, I mean, people that might have skin issues or depression or um, lupus or something like that or rheumatoid arthritis or whatever, like they might have these significant autoimmune issues coming from leaky gut, carnivore is going to be really powerful for them. Or if they're already, they already have metabolic syndrome, some level of insulin resistance, or they have type 2 diabetes, carnivore is going to be really, really powerful for them, okay? This is going to be a really powerful, like I said, therapeutic modality. It's an extreme elimination diet and an extremely fast way to get results for these chronic conditions and autoimmune issues, right? It works really, really well. Fantastic results often follow. But that doesn't mean that everybody needs it. Like when I started carnivore, I assuredly didn't need carnivore. I was super healthy at a very low body fat percentage. I was motoring along just fine. I had no autoimmune conditions. I had tested myself out the wazoo from blood work to stool samples and everything in between. I had no leaky gut. I had no nothing, right? I just like to experiment with these things because that's who I am. I love this stuff. So I didn't really need it. I'm glad that I did the experiment. And now I'm in a wonky place where it feels weird coming out of it. So let me explain. I'm going to go back to the Clovis protocol, which is what I recommend that everybody does. And Clovis has always featured plenty of plants. Now, I've talked to you about eating plants since the very first podcast episode. I don't believe that you need to exclude all carbohydrates for optimal human health. I don't think that is true. Do I eat mostly carnivore right now? Yes, and I have for a long time. But now I wanna to talk to you about my current transition and where I am with my own personal health. So we're done with all the nerdy biochemistry, I promise you. So I've been exploring elite levels of a body fat percentage and how to achieve them the fastest, right? Cause we had a pandemic come up, we're on lockdown, environment's been perfectly controlled for over six weeks now. I saw this as an opportunity, right? So I've been tweaking my own diet quite a bit. So for two months now, I've been following a virtually zero carbohydrate low fat, very high protein diet, okay? I'm getting as much as 50% of my daily calories from protein right now with a slight caloric deficit. I'm at like a 250 calorie deficit, right? Oddly enough, this has not drastically changed my body composition, which has tested my hypothesis when it comes to body composition. This is quite strange, right? I'm thinking that my body is actually rejecting what I'm trying to do in some way. Now, I definitely look as muscular as I ever have, uh, shirtless. I've lost a bit of body fat, but I would not call the results staggering. I definitely have less to pinch than I had two months ago, for sure. But it hasn't been this staggering evaporation of body fat. Not that I had a ton to lose, but you get what I'm saying, right? What I have noticed is even though protein is the most satiating macronutrient, I have noticed dramatically increased food cravings that I have to battle daily, right? Now, it's not for junk food. I never get cravings for junk food. I just get cravings to eat where I know it's not hunger. It's not physiological hunger. It's my brain telling me I need to eat and I know the difference very clearly. But I will say it is a damn good thing that I am neurotically disciplined and I do not keep any junk in the house because it would definitely have been eaten by this point. My brain is at the point of fighting back against this extreme diet that I'm doing. 50% of your dietary calories coming from protein is extreme by anyone's standards. If you told your doctor that you were doing that, they would lose their shit, right? But my brain is, is rebelling against this, which brings me to the biggest concern with the carbs are evil message. I'm gonna tell you right now, this is why I did this episode. 
right now, what I'm about to get into is why I did this episode, not the biochemistry. I know you guys always tell me that you want the science. This is going to go in one ear and out the other. I'm quite sure of that. So I want to move beyond this and I want to talk about something very important when it comes to the carnivore diet and the entire reason why I did this episode. I did this episode for all of you based on trends and behavior that I'm seeing within my Clovis community, okay? From newbies to OGs and everyone in between. What we're going to talk about right now is this. <laughs> Let's make sure I spell this right. We're gonna talk about the psychology of the carnivore diet. This is very, very, very important, okay? And a lot of people out there would disagree with me on this. I don't care because the only thing I care about, as you guys know, I don't care about credentials. I don't care about your nutrition studies. I don't care. I care about your experience. I care about my experience. Wisdom through experience. I know the psychology of the carnivore diet, how it has worked for me personally, and how it has worked for my clients and my very close friends over the last year of experimentation, okay? I don't care if people disagree with me. This is literally what I have lived through and I'm just sharing it with you. For myself and for others, I now have pretty significant concerns with a strict carnivore diet. I now have oh, a lot of friends, probably double digit friends who are terrified to consume even a sip of black coffee because it comes from a plant and is therefore technically not carnivore. The word for this is orthorexia, everybody, and it's very, very serious, in my opinion. I am quite certain that I suffer from some underlying level of orthorexia. That said, I think I have had orthorexia for years at this point, since way before the carnivore diet. Since I learned way more than any human ever needs to know about how horrible processed junk food is, I probably had orthorexia. For those of you that don't know, orthorexia is basically an eating disorder for healthy people. It is people that are eating a healthy diet, could be vegan, keto, paleo, vegetarian, pescatarian, whatever. So let's, let's just use paleo. It could be someone who's convinced that paleo is the only way to live. Orthorexia is basically this idea that if you eat something that's not paleo, like you're going to die you're gonna get cancer or you're gonna instantly get type two diabetes or instantly get fat or something like that. You think that negative consequences are gonna happen from like one single bite of food that's off your plan. Orthorexia is no joke, it's very real, I promise you, okay? Now, I talked about this a bit in my latest Just Justin episode called The Pendulum Swing. And all of you should check that out. It's, it's the Just Justin episode I am most proud of. Go listen to The Pendulum Swing, all right? So in that episode, I share that my friend, who is a very successful life coach to high-performance millionaires all around the world, of which I am not one, he is just my friend, and I get to talk to him, which is amazing, right? But he suggested to me that I should eat a pizza and drink a Coke for my mental health. Mind you, he is a nutrition and fitness expert, knows just as much as I do. He was not suggesting that this was a healthy thing to do for my metabolism, he was but he was absolutely right with his suggestion. And he said it to me as a psychological thought experiment. And the moment he said to me that I should eat a pizza and drink a Coke, I had an actual physical reaction to his words. I got goosebumps, my stomach got tight, I practically broke into a freaking sweat when he said it to me, right? Because simply the idea of eating pizza and drinking a Coke elicits a fight or flight life or death response in my body because my brain has convinced itself that if I eat junk food, I will die. 
That's what it feels like. I have an actual reaction to this, which is crazy. And one could certainly argue that this is in some ways a beneficial response because it prevents me from eating junk food. But I should be able to prevent myself from eating junk without such a visceral reaction, almost a painful reaction in my body to the mere suggestion of eating junk food for one single sitting. Like it's gonna kill me. The first 25 years of my life, I ate more junk food than I could ever possibly count, right? Crazy. So this is orthorexia for real. And I have it, it pisses me off, okay? And I have a lot of friends who are just like me. They are male, they are very fit, very low body fat percentage, high performance, motivated, driven, disciplined entrepreneurs, okay? Much like myself. And they now find themselves in the same boat mentally that I am in after years, after a year of the carnivore diet. A lot of my friends have been on this carnivore diet as long as I have because I'm kind of the guy in my network of friends where if I discover something new, everybody wants to try it because I'm usually kind of ahead of the bell curve in this crazy biohacking nutrition stuff. So they wanted to try it as well. I, I taught them how to do carnivore and they did it as well, right? So now, of course, I also have a lot of other friends who you guys know some of them, doctors, big time influencers, best-selling authors who love the carnivore diet and they would argue with me that the carnivore diet does not cause orthorexia. They're correct as well. If it doesn't cause problems for them, then they're as correct as I am correct. We're both correct. Neither one of us is wrong, right? It might be true for them, but I'd love to challenge them and see them come off the carnivore diet for 30 days and see what happens. I'd argue that they would struggle with it, right? It, but it might be true for them. Let's say it's true for them, doesn't cause psychological problems, and let's say it's even true for most of their clients. I promise you, that does not mean it's not true for everyone. That doesn't mean that it's true for everyone. I mean, that it doesn't, now I'm confused, right? Just because these people or their clients don't suffer from orthorexia from the carnivore diet, that doesn't mean that nobody will suffer from it. Absolutely not, because I have my personal experience. Nobody can refute that, right? I can show you a lot of people, including myself, who have struggled with the orthorexia piece of the carnivore diet without a doubt. Nobody can refute an individual's own experience. I have seen this firsthand. I have experienced it, and I am a very disciplined, very, very mentally strong human being. Okay, so now in the remainder of the time, I want to talk about the trend that I am seeing in my clients, even in my Clovis OGs, the people that have been with me two and a half years at this point from AMA number one, right? This is a trend that I'm seeing and it's a slippery slope and I'm not thrilled about it. What happens is clients come to me, they buy a custom nutrition plan. I give them their custom nutrition plan, perfectly designed for them and their unique goals as an individual and they get their custom macros from me. Then they take it upon themselves to do the following, and this is how they describe it to me. Hey Justin, just checking in. I'm doing great with my macros. I'm going over on fats and proteins most days, but it's okay because I'm not eating any carbs at all. End quote. I cannot tell you the number of people that email me the same thing. Over and over and over. It happens with clients all the time, right? Okay, cool. We talked about the fat loss gas tank. I showed you that whole gas loss, fat loss gas tank and how energy works. You're probably going to lose body fat with that approach. But guess what? You would have lost the same body fat following the macros I gave you and eating all of the carbs I told you you're allowed to eat. And this approach would probably be less problematic long-term because you wouldn't be training yourself to think that carbs are poison and there's to be avoided at all cost. 
they're not. Carbs are not evil. That's the whole point of tonight's episode. On top of this, when these people say, I'm going over on fats and proteins every day, but it doesn't matter because I'm not eating carbs, they're forgetting something, <laughs> okay? If you are significantly overeating fats and just thinking you'll be fine because you're not even eating carbs, you are very wrong because fat contains more than twice as many calories as carbohydrates. And yes, calories do matter. When I design your plan for you and your goal is fat loss, I have to put you in a caloric deficit. If you now are eating 20 extra grams of, of fat every single day, take that 20 grams and multiply it by nine, and that's the amount of calories that you're eating. But a carbohydrate gram only has four calories. So I've done the calculations perfectly to get you where you wanna be on your caloric intake. And if you just go over on fat willy-nilly, you're gonna screw things up because fat contains more than twice as much energy, fat loss gas tank, twice as much energy as the carbohydrates, okay? So the Clovis Approved Foods List does all the heavy lifting for you. Your only job is to hit your macros and do it using the Clovis Approved Foods List. The whole food complex carbohydrates included on my list are hand selected by me to be the most nutrient dense plant foods gram for gram and also remove the most problematic plant toxins such as lectins, okay? Now that said, of course, there will always, always be some people, the outliers, who will have negative responses to a micronutrient-rich plant food, such as avocados or Brussels sprouts or broccoli that are on my approved foods list. That doesn't mean they're evil and need to be avoided at all costs. It doesn't mean that, okay? The same way, I don't ever say eggs are evil. I love eggs. I eat them every day. Even though I have had countless clients who have full-blown egg allergies. Doesn't matter if they're pasture-raised, feedlot, whatever. They have full-blown egg allergies. Does that mean I should remove eggs from my foods list? No. Does it mean that I should remove a food from my approved foods list each and every time a single person has a negative immune response to it? No, absolutely not. The food list would contain zero foods if that were the case, right? So this whole anti-carb thing, carbs are evil, it's getting really crazy. It really is getting crazy. So personally, I've started adding specific carbohydrates to my diet purposefully, if for nothing other than my mental health. Honestly, if I'm being totally honest. So I'm eating a little bit less fat and adding in some carbohydrates just so I don't feel like a crazy person anymore. And on Sundays, my family generally has a big family dinner. You may have seen my Instagram stories from Mother's Day or whatever. We have a big family dinner. So every Sunday, I'm indulging in some sweet potatoes or my dad's homemade paleo bread. Basically everything my family cooks is paleo. Amazing, right? A little more carbs than I'm used to, but it's still paleo whole foods. What are we talking about here, everybody? That's not a fucking cheat day, all right? You know what I'm saying? So the other thing I wanna talk about is I wanna tie in that Just Justin, Just Justin episode a little bit because the last Just Justin episode is called The Pendulum Swing. And I wanna touch on this again because I wanna talk about some of my friends. So I believe that carnivore or this whole 100% anti-carb movement is at one extreme of the pendulum swing, okay? So I'm gonna talk about my friends, like I mentioned, my friends that are doing carnivore, they're in the same situation that I'm in. So let's, let's call this the pendulum swing, okay? We're gonna do the pendulum swing. This is the pendulum swing, okay? Now, if I talk about my friends, they're carnivore probably 90% of the time. Now, to be clear, my friends struggle way harder than I do, and I'll tell you what I mean right now. So let's say they're carnivore, 
right? This is the extreme end of the pendulum swing. So they're carnivore probably 90% of the time. Do you want to know what that other 10% is? The other end of the pendulum swing? It's the standard American diet. Junk. Straight up junk. The reason that I say my friends suffer more than I do is because they don't have that same level of obsessive compulsive whatever the fuck I have that makes me ridiculously disciplined, right? So when they go to the other end of the pendulum swing, they are literally binging for three days on like ice cream and large pizzas and jars of peanut butter and Coca-Cola. They're going absolutely crazy absolutely crazy and they call me and they tell me about it they're like dude this is crazy i don't know what the hell to do i ate a whole package of oreos and a pint of ice cream like i'm not kidding they go to the store like zombies and grab everything off the shelf and go home and eat it all and they feel crazy sick to their stomachs and they'll do this for days right so what's happened is they're swinging back and forth on this extreme pendulum swing what's happening is they're going however many weeks they can withstand their high performance thing, right? So they feel like they're some kind of superhuman, like this elite carnivore, high performance, clear headed, ultra output person, entrepreneur for however many weeks they can stick to a strict carnivore diet. They go between feeling amazing, like they're completely elite human beings to feeling like they are a fat slob piece of shit with zero discipline when they inevitably go off the rails for a three-day junk food bender. This is not healthy. This is a disorder, everybody. This is a fucking disorder. This is disordered eating, okay? I'm really at the point where I believe this is disordered eating. Now, granted, I have never experienced this. I don't know what this is. I'm just being honest with you. You can go listen to my Just Justin episode. I don't know what a junk food bender is. I've never done it in my life since I have been a quote unquote healthy person who knows anything about nutrition. In the last eight years, I have never had a junk food bender. Not fucking once. It doesn't happen in my life. I don't get it. But I see it happen all the time, my friends, and it breaks my heart. This is disordered eating, okay? I can honestly say the junk food thing has never happened to me, but as you'll hear, if you go listen to that Just Justin episode, I don't do the junk food benders, but the amount of shame and guilt that I feel when I eat a few too many spoonfuls of almond butter and a glass or two of biodynamic sugar-free wine, I mean, needless to say, it is absolutely fucking ridiculous for me to feel any guilt or any shame for such a decision. But I beat the shit out of myself if I make that decision. That's how crazy this is. This is a real issue. If you can't tell, I'm not happy about it. I'm really not. This is ridiculous, right? So this is all my stuff. Me and my crazy carnivore entrepreneur friends, right? And I will say that like my nutrition protocol and everything that I do, all my non-negotiables, my meditation, my cold showers, my journaling, my fitness regimens, my sauna, my nutrition protocol. If I didn't do those things, I wouldn't be here in front of you because I could not perform at this level. I do not know many people in my life who could manage all the shit that I manage. Okay, that's very true. My mental output is ridiculous. I understand that. It only works because of my discipline, but that doesn't mean it doesn't come with downsides. There are cons to all those pros for sure, okay? So done talking about me, I wanna talk about what you should do. Let's talk about you and what this means for you and how you can avoid this, particularly if you're a Clovis newbie who just got your custom plan. 
You want to avoid this. You want to avoid orthorexia and disordered eating, okay? So the macros that I like best, the macros that I give people with Clovis almost always include 10% of your daily calories coming from net carbohydrates. So 10% net carbs, okay? This is 10% of your total daily calories. Now, I'm gonna give you a wide range right now because this is for like a very small person to a very large person, okay? But generally speaking, for the average person, this is gonna be between 30 to 65 grams of net carbs per day. So like 30 to 65 grams of net carbs per day, that's where you're gonna fall. That's basically the range that most people are gonna fall into, okay? So, as you can see, Yes, it is entirely possible for me to think that carbohydrates are perfectly healthy while also believing that no average human being on earth needs more than 100 grams of net carbohydrates per day under virtually any circumstance whatsoever. It is entirely possible to hold two beliefs that carbohydrates are both healthy and not to be overdone. You can believe both of these things at the same time. This is what we talk about in the beginning. These crazy blanket black or white statements don't help anybody. It's ridiculous, okay? Now, if you combine this level of healthy carbohydrate intake with my Clovis approved foods list, I can assure you, you will get fantastic results for human health and fat loss and body composition. Period. Of these 2,150 custom nutrition plans I've made, none of them have been zero carbs in their custom macronutrients. Not one, okay? Understand, I get these ridiculous results in people with healthy, complex carbohydrates. That's how it works. There is no need to be dogmatic. There's no need to have orthorexia. There's no need to argue about this shit on the internet with the rest of the douchebags, right? There's no need for any of that madness that comes along with the extreme dietary approaches of the pendulum swing. There's just no reason for that. You don't need it. If you want to experiment, experiment. I've been carnivore for almost a year now, okay? Carnivore-ish, whatever you want to call it. I've done plenty of experimentation. In the last eight years, I can't even name the number of experiments I've done with nutrition and fitness and biohacking and everything else. If you want to experiment, experiment. Just be careful. Please be careful. It is almost astonishing to me how easy it is to slip into unhealthy patterns of healthy eating. It's ridiculous. It's very, very easy to go from, hey, I have this new healthy lifestyle design nutrition protocol, it's amazing, to slip completely into a place of orthorexia where you just think that any processed food, one bite of it is gonna kill you, okay? So that's worth understanding. In a perfect world, there would be no processed junk food. We would never have to deal with this. But in the current modern day 2020 food climate, food environment, in the culture that we have, processed foods aren't going anywhere. Complex carbohydrates aren't going anywhere. Restaurant food cooked in hydrogenated vegetable oils and all the other toxic poison shit that's all throughout our food system, it's not going anywhere. Having orthorexia is going to be a fucking nightmare living in today's world. It is, it's going to be crazy. And I've seen it happen with myself. If I go back and I listen to earlier episodes of the Clovis Culture Podcast, I'll say things like, yeah, go to a restaurant and order the ribeye steak. Yes, the ribeye steak is probably gonna be seared in canola oil. It's not a big deal. You're Clovis. That little tablespoon of canola oil is not gonna kill you. This is literally how I used to talk two years ago on the podcast. This is self-awareness, everybody. I practice self-awareness with you. You get to watch me practice self-awareness. Before I ever knew the carnivore diet was a thing, 
I'd have these moments of like, yeah, sure, there's probably some canola oil. I'm at a restaurant. I got the ribeye. It's better than eating the buns or ordering the pasta dish. I'll survive the little bit of canola oil. Now, here I am after a year of carnivore thinking that a table, if you told me I had to drink a tablespoon of canola oil, I would either leave the room or I'd beat you up. Whatever I had to do to not drink that canola oil is not going to fucking happen, right? So, I mean, I'm not saying I should go around drinking canola oil. You get the point I'm trying to make here. It's I have felt the shift in my own brain. I have felt the shift in my own psychology. I have watched it happen in myself and I've watched it happen in my clients. I've watched it happen in my long-term clients. I watch it happen in the newbie clients. It happens with newbie clients within two weeks. They're like anti-carbs of any kind. It's crazy, right? And what happens is people usually listen to my podcast and then they'll go listen to Rob Wolf or then they'll, they'll end up listening to Paul Saladino or all of a sudden it's just this big crazy anti-carb thing. They think all carbs are going to kill them, right? And it's just... It's just not the case, everybody. It's just not, right? So this whole thing has led me to just really rethink things in a pretty significant way and start visualizing what this means for me and my future, how I plan to go forward and how I plan to experiment with these things. And um, I just wanted to share that with you tonight. So this, all this right here is the reason why I did this episode. Uh, I had to cover a little bit of biochemistry, had to remind you of the fat loss gas tank, had to remind you of the protein to energy ratio. This was a dense episode because of that. But this last 30 minutes is what it was all about. This is why I wanted to do this episode. So um, I really hope that you enjoyed it and I hope you got something out of it. Let's dig into some comments, everybody. I see the comments coming in. What do we got? Wow, that's a long comment. All right, cool. Stephanie, this is interesting. She, Stephanie says, I've been consistently counting macros for the last two weeks after an entire year of taking a break because it nearly sent me over the edge of a disorder. I realized what was happening, stopped, Gained about 10 pounds, whatever, and now I'm carefully stepping back into the macro waters. Anything can become bad for you. Listen to your body. Yes, kind of. I'm with you 100% until the last sentence because the last sentence teeters on the brink of intuitive eating and that is not safe for people either. <laughs> so, and I, I, this whole comment, I agree with you 100%. It's fantastic, right? Um, I will say if you track macros, right? Like if, if you consistently track macros and you were Clovis for let's say six months or something, if you came to me in poor metabolic health and then we fixed your metabolic health, now you can start to listen to your body. But the only reason that I'm calling that out here is the advice, listen to your body, to an overweight or obese individual or someone with an autoimmune condition or type one diabetes or type two diabetes or something like that, there is no worse, there is no worse advice on planet earth than listen to your body. It's the worst advice ever. I'm telling you that right now. So there is, there is that aspect of it. Like the health conditions that you can get from a poor diet are very, very real. Like don't listen to your body if it tells you to eat Oreos every day. See what I'm saying? But I agree with you hundred percent. Anything done to an extreme can cause problems. Absolutely. Including counting macros. And just so you guys know, I don't, I'm counting macros now because I'm doing this crazy high protein thing. 99% of my life, I don't count macros. My goal for you is to not have to count macros. Like Stephanie, if I had it my way with you, since counting macros sent you over the edge, what I would have loved to see happen is you book a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with me and we talk about what life looks like moving forward for you. And I teach you how to transition out of counting macronutrients. I don't count macronutrients. I don't want you, Stephanie, to count macronutrients. I don't want you to do that, right? Now, since you went off the rails a little bit, gained 10 pounds, we might have to handle the macro thing for a small period of time to get you back to where a day feels automatic. And then once we get you automatic, now you can listen to your body again. You see what I'm saying? We have to get you to the point. There are some prerequisites that need to happen before you can listen to your body. 
So I would have rather had you come to me, book a coaching call, we talk about your maintenance, no more macro tracking and what that looks like in your daily life, rather than I'm starting to feel weird counting macros, fuck it, I'm gonna go off the rails. See what I'm saying? So there is, there's the happy medium. When we talk about that pendulum swing, there is a middle path. What I want long-term for all my clients is the middle path of the pendulum swing, not at either extreme. So you don't wanna go to that extreme and then come back to another extreme. This is a very big, big point here. I don't want anyone to take this episode as I'm telling you to go eat junk food. I am absolutely not. The other end of that pendulum, that junk food that we did in the pendulum swing here, carnivore and junk food, they're both terrible, okay? So that's a big deal. You don't want to do either of those things. The idea is to find you a middle path. And that is why coaching calls are so incredibly, incredibly powerful because I can coach you through exactly what that looks like. Anis, I've stopped counting macros since becoming pregnant and more just trying to eat what my body tells me what I can eat. Yes, okay, again, be very careful with what your body tells you, ladies and gentlemen. I once had a pregnant lady who used to lick ashtrays because her body told her to. You ever hear these stories? I knew another pregnant lady that ate chalk, okay? One lady licked ashtrays, another lady ate chalk. So these are massive hormonal imbalances. Be very careful listening to your body, okay? It's a big deal. What else we got here? Dave, Need more private coaching. Need to discuss Alpine Expedition food on the Clovis Approved Foods Group. Yeah, and I will have exactly counter advice to everything that you'll get from all the people who have done any kind of distance uh, expeditions like that because um, they all do it wrong by relying on carbohydrates for and for aerobic activity. It's quite strange. I can give you like the most nutrient-dense, energy-packed bag of anyone on that expedition. So don't worry. We'll crush that. What else we got? Maureen, beating yourself up for a glass of sugar-free wine is an eating disorder for sure. It's, it's definitely some kind of uh, issue. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, what do we got? Jackie, I'm feeling a little less isolated about my cinnamon buns now. Yes, you should not feel isolated at all. Um, again, I don't, I don't know what the junk food thing is, but that's just because my mind is a, is a fucking fortress, right? I still deal with these issues. I just don't know what that extreme looks like. Just, that's just me, right? What else we got? Maureen, wow, so I went from anorexia to orthorexia. That happens a lot, actually. It's really, really troublesome. People that have had disordered eating in the past. That's why anytime I take on a new client, if I do a coaching call, I will ask them if there's been disordered eating in the past because even if they're struggling with like an autoimmune condition or something, I will be very hesitant to recommend something like carnivore, even as an elimination diet, if they have a history of disordered eating because that is a, could be a big, big trigger. Mike, talking about element salt shots. Yep, they're amazing. Clovis electrolytes will be out soon. Also, Clovis electrolytes are gonna go on pre-sale and all my I Am Clovis members are gonna get first dibs on them. So there'll be a minimum, I mean, there'll be a maximum amount you can order so you can't just hoard them. Um, but I am gonna do a pre-sale on electrolytes for all of my Clovis people. Now we're back up to the beginning. What else we got? Let's see, some new ones down at the bottom. Pregnancy hormones are the devil, yes. Kristen, I like the passive least resistance effort. Yes, that's where we want to get you to. There's always going to be effort in the beginning. Always going to be effort in the beginning. Absolutely, right? So uh, Rob Wolf and I talked about this. It's like finances. Um, someone who comes to me with $100,000 worth of bad credit card debt, they don't get to say to me, like, no regrets. I'm living life carefree. I don't care. Ah. Like, if they want to fix the, the thing, they have to hunker down and fix things. Absolutely. They have to get strict for some period of time before we can get them to that healthy middle path. So again, I'm not saying you don't need to count macros. I'm not saying that you get to go have cheat days whenever you want. We need to get you to a healthy place. We need to get you on that middle path. Okay? 
Maureen, I've been obese most of my life, other than anorexic for two years, late teens, then bulimic for 30 years. Holy shit. I've lost 90 pounds in the last two years doing keto and intermittent fasting. Fantastic. That's a great, great combination. Like we talked about, the ketogenic diet itself mimics caloric restriction and fasting in some ways. When you combine the two, it's like off the charts good. So what you're doing is you just keep dipping into that, the glycogen stores, that energy tank, you're depleting that energy tank and obviously you've lost 90 pounds. So you're able to dip into that body fat adipose tissue for energy. That's what you're doing. It's great. Anis, hormones. Yeah. Pregnancy hormones. They really are the worst. I can't keep anything down. Bacon is my enemy. Oh no. Bacon should never be an enemy. Ah. Maureen, no, I feel like the disordered eating is coming back over fear of regaining. Yeah, there's always going to be fear of regaining, absolutely. Um, now, something that you can do is is purposeful. I hesitate to say this because people are going to run away with it with disordered eating too, but that would be purposeful refeeding days where you take a day where you give yourself like a 400-calorie surplus. So whatever your calories are normally at, let's say you're, you're tracking macros or whatever, just figure out what the calories are, and then eat four or 500 calories more than that but still choose healthy foods. You know, like you're just going to eat some extra steak and some extra sweet potato and a few extra slices of bacon and throw an extra egg in your omelet in the morning. Just eat more. Eat more a few days, right? Do it one day a week. Do it twice a week, whatever you got to do, and watch that the scale doesn't budge. The scale only budges and goes crazy when you start eating junk food. When you go to the other end of the pendulum swing, that's the only time you have to fear gaining it all back. Like I could literally teach you to eat three to 4,000 calories of Clovis approved foods and the scale's still not gonna spike. You're not gonna gain that 90 pounds back. It's not gonna happen. But again, you need someone like me to coach you through that to help you find the middle path because most humans just know healthy diet I'm doing over here, junk food diet I'm doing over here. And they don't even know what the middle is because they've never lived in the middle. It's been like literally standard American diet, junk food and eating disorders and bulimia. And then over here, keto and intermittent fasting and now you're terrified, shit, what if I slip back into my own ways? Well, you don't have to slip back into your old ways. You can slip into a middle place that's healthier. See what I'm saying? But you usually need coaching to do that. You really do. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you here. I, I think a lot of people need coaching for these things. Um, what else we got here? Gina, I've counted macros for months but have stuck with Clovis Foods. I haven't counted macros for months but have stuck with Clovis Foods and basically maintaining. Exactly. But back to counting them this week because I want to lose about 10% body fat. Turns out I have been way overeating fat. Everything else looks great. Exactly. This is the energy gas tank. The fat loss gas tank is one of the simplest analogies I've ever come up with to explain complex human biochemistry. It really is that simple. If you are overeating energy, you will not burn body fat. But as you see, even overeating dietary fat, sticking to Clovis-approved foods, you have not gained a shit ton of, lit of weight, even though you're probably at a caloric surplus, right? You haven't gained a ton of body fat because you're eating Clovis-approved foods. That's really 90% of it. It's a really big deal, okay? So understand this. Eli, what's up, brother? Coaching really does help with those blind spots that we can't see ourselves. Exactly. That's, that's the whole thing that happens with coaching. So if you guys go into the Clovis Academy and just search coaching, you will see testimonies from people, everyone from people that I've helped lose 100 pounds to people that I've helped them get out of $100,000 in bad debt. I'm not kidding. There are testimonies for all of these things littered within the Clovis Academy. You can literally just go search coach, coaching, right? And you can see these changes that I make for people. 90% of that success is because when you are in your day-to-day -day life, you are like this. You are simply in survival mode. You are literally just like family, career, diet, pounds I wanna lose, money issues, blah, 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 spiritual struggles, and you're like this, right? And then Justin comes in and he looks at the view from 30,000 feet. 
and you say, I have 30 pounds to lose and I need to do it immediately. And I go, walk me through your day. What's your day look like? What's your relationship with your husband like? How did you sleep last night? What's your sleep like? What's your career like? Are you happy in your career? How's your relationship with your kids? Walk me through a day. When you wake up in the morning, what's your morning routine? What's your nighttime routine? We analyze whole life view from 30,000 feet. We look at the entire situation and all of a sudden, I can cherry pick these little tiny changes. And in six months, we can transform your life. If you would have tried to do that without coaching, I assure you, you would have flailed around for years. How do I know this? Because most of you come to me at like 45 years old having flailed for three fucking decades. And then all of a sudden we work together for six months and you're like, whoa, crazy. My whole life is different. I don't recognize myself. And it's been six months and it baffles people. So much that I had to record specific podcast episodes just telling you what to do after you've reached your goals. Because most of you never ever thought you would reach your goals. You've been searching for the same goals for three decades thinking they're physically impossible and then I help you achieve them with coaching in six months. And you go, oh shit, now what? Now I got the rest of my life ahead of me. I have no more excuses to do all these dreams that I told myself I wanted to chase when I was younger, right? That's literally how it happens. People lose their mind because they never thought they were gonna reach those goals. Those goals were their identity. The victimhood of not accomplishing those goals was their identity. And I shake them awake and break them out of that. That's what coaching does, everybody. You can go listen to all the podcasts and all the books and try to study biochemistry on your own and try to do it on your own. If I told you that was a good idea, I would be lying to you. My job is to do what's best for you. That's it, right? My job is to give you the very best advice. And I promise you that doing coaching with me will help you skip years of flailing around trying to figure this shit out by yourself. I promise you, 100%. If you want to book coaching, here. I am Clovis.com slash coaching. You can go there at any moment. You can click that link right now. Book it. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If we do a coaching call and you hate it, I'll give you your money back. And spoiler alert, not a single person has ever taken me up on that ever. Literally not one person has ever taken a coaching call with me and ever asked for their money back. It doesn't happen. Okay? So there you go. Sales pitch for you, everybody. But anyway, this is Clovis Classroom number something. I'm not sure, but we call this one Carbs Are Not Evil. I hope that this was really helpful. I think there's some really solid information in this. I'm excited to release this as a podcast. And um, yeah, I thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you learned something. Click the like button. Click the love button. Click the new care button. Click the happy button, the smiley button, whatever. Click share. Share this on your timeline. Share it in your group. Share it with your friends. Tag your friends in it who are maybe carb phobic or anti-carb people. Share it with your carnivore friends, right? And uh, just pump this out. Get this message out to people because I think it's really, really important, okay? Don't let anybody demonize what you're doing. Like you're eating a whole complex carbohydrates and people are telling you you're doing something wrong. Madness, right? So anyway, that's it, everybody. I love you guys. Clovis, classroom, Justin all. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow in the private Facebook groups. I love you. Get some sleep. Good night. Bye. Yeah.